Hello. <laughs> Welcome to the service. Uh, my throat is okay, I swear. Um, happy New Year. Um, yeah, how great is it that we get to be worshipping the Lord to bring in the New Year? Um, Welcome if you're in person or if you're online. Um, there are a lot of people here, um, and that's probably because of the baptisms. We have three baptisms today. Um, Tim, Asha, and Izzy. So a special welcome if you are here today because of that. Um, yeah. Um, please join us in worship. Blessed be the name of the 
How about that? That's good. Before I go anywhere else, I'd just like us to pray. We've just been worshipping God. Let's continue in that atmosphere. Father, thank you so much that uh, we can be here tonight. Uh, a very special time as we not only celebrate yourself and we do that, Lord, and we want to do that anywhere, everywhere we go, uh, but thank you that we can be here on this first day of a brand new year and know that you're a God who has risen from the dead. You're alive, Lord, and so are we because of our faith in the Lord Jesus Christ. And I thank you for these three young people tonight, for Timothy and for Asher and for Isabel. Uh, thank you, Lord, that they have heard your voice in their hearts saying, you need to follow me in the waters of baptism. And so we thank you that we can enjoy their testimony and that we can celebrate this new growth step that they're taking in obedience tonight. Bless you for that. Thanks for each other. Thanks that your hand is in this service. We just want you to be as you are, the Lord of your church, the Lord over this service. Just please lead us by your grace and your spirit tonight, we pray in Jesus' precious name. And everybody said, amen. Yeah, bless you. Um, look, for those of you who don't know me, I'm David Butterfield, one of the pastors here uh, in the church, and it's great to be able to share with you tonight. Got a lot of visitors, so folks, welcome. Um, please hang around after service if some of our own regular people might like to get to know you. I, I see quite a few familiar faces here, which is really great, but nice to have you with us here, and particularly for those who are coming to witness the baptism of these three young people tonight, if you're family and friends, special welcome to you guys here tonight as well. So we'll lead, I think we'll get right into this. Um, we'll uh, have some testimonies. I think the three young people are sharing tonight. It's always exciting. It's always a, a, an inspirational time to listen to the stories of how people's lives have been changed through Jesus. So can I invite Timothy and Asher and Isabel, if you guys would like to come up, they're okay to do that now. Um, whoever's sharing first, I think uh, Timothy, you are, mate. If you guys come up and you can either stand or you can sit over there if you like, depending on how long this bloke's going to talk for, you might want to sit down. I think I might. But um, who's speaking first? Timothy. Sorry, mate. Short lived. Pleasure. Hi, um, my name is Timothy. I've known about Jesus my whole life. I've grown up in a Christian home and have a great family and friends. Timothy in the Bible had family who taught him about God so he could share God with others. Just like that, Timothy, I've got family and friends who are teaching me also so I can share the Bible with others. This church is like a second home for me. I've been to playgroup, mops, kids' church, and I'm a leader. Kids' club, and now I'm a leader. I've attended D-Team's youth group where I help on PC, Boys Brigade, and the 8.30 service. When I was one year old, my mum and dad dedicated me to this church, asking the church people to help raise me in the way of Jesus. Now I'm here on my own asking the church people to help continue to teach me and correct me when I'm doing wrong. I've sinned, hurt my sisters, and been jealous of what others have and haven't wanted. Sometimes I have not wanted to do to do church things because the world has told me I didn't need those things. But then I've realized I needed Jesus. I need Jesus because he has taken my sins to the cross, something he didn't need to do, but his love for me is the greatest love I'll ever know. I worry about stuff when, I'm, when I can't read properly or how I might make mistakes when speaking. But, and, 
But then again, the Bible reminds me of ordinary people who had faults, like Moses who said he wasn't good at speaking, but God replied, now go and I will help you speak and teach, teach you what to say. It makes me feel less worried now about life because God is with me and when I die, I'll be with Jesus. I've decided to follow Jesus. Pastor Daryl has spoken a lot about Jesus in a car. Is he in the boot and I only take him out on Sundays? Is he in the back seat or the passenger seat and I am in control of the car? Or is he in the driver's seat in control of my life? I want Jesus to lead my life. This year, I realized after Pastor Tracy's sermon on being alert and ready for Jesus coming back that I can't wait for when he returns. I need to follow him now and be baptized. My favorite verse is Isaiah 53, 6. <laughs> we all like sheep have gone astray. Each of us has turned to our own way. The Lord has laid on him the iniquity of us all. <laughs> to me, this means we've all been lo lost in sin like a lost sheep without a shepherd. We need to turn to God's way because he paid for our sins. We need to get ready for Jesus. Jesus is coming and he'll be taking us home. I want the world to see that Jesus is alive in me. So today I'll be baptized and raised with Christ as he guides me every day from now on. Thank you. G'day everybody, my name is Asha and today I'm getting baptized. So um, I'll just be you know, explaining a little bit of how and why I got here. So the, um, the first step in my journey of faith was that God led me to recognize the truth of the gospel and grant that I believe in it. That was the moment that God revealed to me the divinity of Jesus and that he came to earth cloaked in humanity so that he might take all of my sin and nail it to the cross. Jesus was then buried and then rose again, proving his work was complete and death was defeated. For 2 Corinthians chapter 5, verse 21 states, God made him who knew no sin that we might become the righteousness of God. This verse shows me that just like Jesus was cloaked in our humanity, his death allowed me to be cloaked in his righteousness. This is all done solely by grace through faith in Christ, according to scripture, all to the glory of God. All of this work that God has done in me is amazing, and I am here to express my gratitude and thankfulness to him. I'm again so happy to take the next step in obedience and strengthen my relationship with God. For when we come to believe in Jesus as Lord, our lives become united to Christ's life. We begin a journey of growing faith and put to death the misdeeds of the body. The act of baptism today will be a reminder for me that I died with Christ to my old self and now live to serve and glorify the living God. Thank you. Um, hi, I'm Izzy, and I stand before you today as a follower of Jesus Christ by the grace of God. Today, you'll witness my public declaration of faith. This is my story. Jesus died for me in obedience to God. Colossians 2, verses 13 to 14 read, When you were dead in your sins and in the uncircumcisions of your flesh, 
God made you alive with Christ. He forgave us all our sins, having canceled the charge of our legal indebtedness, which stood against us and condemned us. He has taken it away, nailing it to the cross. This means all the sins I have done and will ever do are nailed to the cross. And by God's grace, he has given me complete forgiveness, which means I have peace with him through faith. Also, according to John 3:16 to 17, I will not receive the wrath that I deserve and die in my sins, but God has given me eternal life. This is the greatest of all the spiritual gifts God has given me. Ephesians 2, verses 4 and 5 reads, But because of his great love for us, God, who is rich in mercy, made us alive with Christ, even when we were dead in transgressions. It is by grace you have been saved. Even the concept of how much God loves me brings me so much joy and thankfulness to the amazing grace I've received. Since knowing Jesus through faith, God has given me, uh, God has been changing me in many ways. He has given me more opportunity to follow his law and demonstrate the fruit of the gospel. God is in his divine timing, transforming me into a God-honoring woman, which I, should, I could never be without him. I am being baptized not only to publicly declare that I am a follower of God, but also to fulfill the commandment in Matthew 28, verses 19 to 20. Fantastic, wasn't it? See, that's why you don't really need a sermon after these things, but you're going to get one anyway, but it's great. Thank you, young people. Um, and did you know, you probably didn't, but these young people are being baptised by their own dads tonight. Isn't that fantastic? Yeah, yeah, I think that's a great thing. So good on you guys. I think they've disappeared to do that now. Um, I think it's important too. Oh, here he is. Hey, Andy, did you know you're going to baptise in your... Uh... Matt, bless you, mate. So they're getting ready. But look, while they're doing that, I just think it's important to explain to you, because not everybody understands, well, what's this baptism stuff's about? I, when I first became a Christian, I didn't know what it was. Um, but I soon found out. But let me just say this. The greatest miracle, there's lots of wonderful miracles, right? But the greatest miracle that can happen to a human being, and therefore the greatest reason to be thankful to God is to be born again as a brand new creation through your faith in the Lord Jesus Christ. Can you say amen to that? It, it's not one of the greatest. I'm going to say it is the greatest miracle that can happen to a human being, is to have that incredible transformation uh, happen in your life through what Jesus Christ does in the power of the Holy Spirit in a human heart. I believe the angels stand in awe of what Christ does or what the Spirit of God does in a human being. Um, let me read this scripture. There's some beautiful scriptures tonight. Paul, I love this from Paul, um, inspired by the Holy Spirit, wrote in, in 2 Corinthians 5.17, good one to remember, and it says this, Therefore, if anyone is in Christ... The new creation has come. The old has gone. The new has come. Or the new is here. So in Christ, you are a new creation. 
you're not a transformed well sorry you're not a, a revamped of the old you, you are a brand new creation in Christ let me keep moving on here so baptism an important part of the whole conversion experience baptism can be described as a physical or outward expression of a spiritual inward reality you get that Baptism can be described as a physical or an outward physical expression of an inward spiritual reality. So, in other words, what we, do, what we will witness with these young people and what we see in the scriptures is that when Jesus died, spiritually, we died. And that's represented by, by or symbolised by the person going down into the water. They're dying to the old self right dying going down into the water and then the scripture says and Jesus was buried so when that person is beneath the water they are symbolizing that they're buried with Christ and of course when they are raised up out of the water that means that's symbolizing that they are that they have risen from the dead with Christ as a brand new creation so it's a very powerful very powerful symbolism and a very powerful act uh, that, uh, that we will witness here tonight. It's important to understand that. Paul speaks of these things in Romans chapter 6, verses 3 and 4. It's good to read that. Romans 6, 3 and 4, speaking about what baptism really is and what it symbolises. See, it's also, as you've heard one of them testify tonight, it's also a biblical command for believers. It's not commanded for those outside of Christ, but once you give your life to Christ, it is a command for you to be baptised. And that's why we call it believer's baptism. <clears throat> you don't have to be a certain age. There are some children who have enough spiritual insight who understand what Jesus has done for them and there's no reason why they shouldn't be baptised. That's always done in conjunction with parents talking to mum and dad about the child. But there are children who have been baptised because they fully understand and they are believers you get that we don't just we don't baptize infants we do but we do believers baptism people who understand and know that they've been converted they've met Jesus and their lives have been transformed they're the ones that we baptize um, so it's a command um, Peter in Acts chapter 2 and verse 38 says repent and be baptized repent of your sin come to know Jesus and then be baptized it's a command and then one of the girls mentioned here tonight too that that command from Jesus in the great commission in Matthew 28 and verse 19 make disciples of all nations baptizing them in the name of the father and the son of the holy spirit and I love it and he says and lo I am with you or I'm with you always to the end of the age so there's a little brief outline as to what baptism is about, what we, why we do this, the importance of it. And I guess the challenge might be for some of you here tonight that if you are a believer, if you've met Jesus and you know him personally as your Lord and Saviour, then the question has to be, if you're not baptised, why not? <laughs> oh, I'm too frightened to get up here and speak out. Let, you know. Well, you've seen three young people do that and you know what? You don't have to give a public testimony like this uh, to your, test, your, your testimony is the baptism itself okay so don't let stuff get in the way if you if you know the Lord Jesus you love him then publicly testify and walk in obedience with him and be baptized so we welcome and we celebrate those who are being baptized tonight and um, I'm, I'm assuming that we're all ready to go so thanks guys
How's the mic, Scott? All working? Very good. Hello, everyone. My name's Andrew, and uh, I'm Timothy's dad. So I've had the pleasure of seeing Timothy uh, grow up and um, make his own decision to, to follow our Lord Jesus as well. So that's been an awesome joy for myself and I know for, for Beck, who's standing here as well. So, um, yeah, it's been uh, great to see you uh, in your journey and now that you've making this decision for, to share, be on display for everyone, your public um, demonstration of your faith and, and uh, yeah, great. All right. Um, just for your record as well, the heater did get fixed and, and it is, uh, it is uh, a balmy 28 and a half degrees. So Aurora who got baptised last time, it's good. <laughs> All right. Timothy, do you confess Jesus to be your Lord and Saviour? I do. Will you follow and obey him, whatever he may ask and wherever he may lead? I will. All right. It is my pleasure that upon... Don't hold your breath yet. <laughs> on your confession of faith... I baptise you in the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. Just as uh, oh, Asha's here now, just as um, just before I baptise Asha and um, Isabel in turn, as these young people have um, taken today to relate to Christ through um, their testimony and through baptism, I want to take just a very quick moment to um, relate to the Apostle John, quite humbly myself, when. Um, when John wrote his third epistle to his dear friend Gaius, he wrote to him, I have no greater joy than to see my children walking in the truth. And uh, that's my privilege and pleasure to see my children walking in the truth. And so I'm filled with praise and gratitude towards God that um, I can baptise my own children. And I know that um, Andrew relates to that as well in Jesus' name. So, Asha, come over here. I've got some um, different questions to ask you. Oh, no. And um, these questions relate to the, um, broadly speaking, they relate to the incarnation of the divine Jesus and his active obedience. Um, they relate to, they, uh, the second one relates to double imputation and uh, righteousness which is imputed to us through Christ Jesus by faith and also the basis of our salvation as well. Now, you're a cheeky boy because you knew these questions were coming and I think he's put one or two in his testimony. <laughs> Nevertheless, I'm going to ask you anyway and uh, we'll see if you agree with scripture and, um, and a, a final confession. And implicit in your um, acceptance and agreement 
um, is your willingness to obey the commands of our Lord Jesus Christ. You understand that, don't you? Yes, I do. Okay, very good. Well, Asha, do you believe, according to Scripture, that uh, when the time set had fully come, that God sent his son, born of a woman, born under the law, to redeem those under the law, so that you might have, you might receive adoption to sonship. I do. And do you believe that um, God made him, that is Jesus, who had no sin, he knew no sin, to be sin for you, that you might become the righteousness of God? I do. And this righteousness that you've received, this salvation, it's come to you according to Scripture alone by grace alone, through faith alone, in Christ alone, and all to the glory of God alone. Yes, I, I do. Yeah, I will. Okay. Very good. Mm-hmm. Well then, my son, on the uh, confession of your faith, I baptise you in the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. your turn now and you've heard my introduction so I'm not going to repeat that so let me ask you some questions here okay do you believe that when the time set had fully come God sent his son born of, born of a woman born under the law to redeem those under the law that we might receive adoption to sonship and do you believe that God made him that is Jesus Christ, who knew no sin to be sin for you, that you might be, become the righteousness of God. Yeah. And this righteousness which is yours, this salvation, comes to you according to Scripture alone, by grace alone, through faith alone, in Christ alone, and all to the glory of God alone. Yes? Yes. <laughs> well, Isabel, on the confession of your faith, I baptise you in the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. Assume your baptising position. Here we go. Hey everyone, I'm Chanel and it's an honour tonight to be leading you in congregational prayer. Let's bow our heads. 
Father God, we are so thankful for the new year, another year to proclaim Jesus Christ. He has delivered us from the domain of darkness and transferred us into the kingdom of his beloved son, in whom we have redemption, the forgiveness of sins. This is the God that we serve. Thank you, God, for who you are. And thank you, Lord, for the baptisms that we got to witness today, Timothy, Asher, and Isabel. We are thankful that the gospel has gone into them and flowed out of them in obedience, which we witness today, for the spirit at work in them that has led them to be convicted of their sins and spun into action to be baptized today. Um, I pray that they grow in faithfulness to you and that they remain steadfast in you. And I pray this for all of us, Lord. I thank you for the holidays that we are mostly currently on right now, um, for the time spent with family, for rest and relaxation. I particularly pray for Charlie as he is on leave with his family, the Harrisons, um, that you, God, keep him and his family safe over this time, that he may be refreshed when he comes back again to serve us, Lord. And Lord, I pray for this new year that we be challenged, stretched, and maintain our love for you, Jesus, until Jesus comes again. In Jesus' name, amen. Please join us as we continue to praise our Lord. Sure. 
And tonight's Bible reading comes from Luke 17, verses 11 to 19. Jesus heals 10 men with leprosy. Now on his way to Jerusalem, Jesus traveled along the border between Samaria and Galilee. As he was going into the village, 10 men who had leprosy met him. They stood at a distance and called out in a loud voice, Jesus, Master, have pity on us. When he saw them, he said, go, show yourselves to the priests. And as they went, they were cleansed. One of them, when he saw that he was healed, came back, praising God in a loud voice. He threw himself at Jesus' feet and thanked him. And he was a Samaritan. Jesus said, were not all ten cleansed? Where, where are the other nine? Has no one returned to, praise, to, to give praise to God except for this foreigner? Then he said to him, rise and go. Your faith has made you well. This is the word of the Lord. <clears throat> Thanks, Aurora. Great story. Let's just pray again. Lord, so good to be with you. So good to be able to open your word and we pray that you'll help our hearts and minds to give attention to what you're saying to us and how it applies each to our lives. We thank you now in anticipation of the work you're going to do and continue to do in our lives as we yield ourselves to you in Jesus' mighty and wonderful name. Amen. Now most parents, there's a lot of parents here tonight, most parents will teach their children that when someone does something nice and something good uh, to you or gives you a good gift or something the polite thing to do is to say thank you um, it's good manners <clears throat> and it shows appreciation in fact you've probably heard it perhaps when you were little and some might be in that category tonight <clears throat> someone gives you something and you hear mum and dad say what do you say 
What do you say? Thank you, that's right, yeah, yeah. Some of the older ones, mum and dad still say that to you now. Yeah, you, you, they do. Good reminder. But it does, it's, it's good manners and, um, and it's good to show your appreciation for that good thing and that gift that was given to you. So I want you to think about this. So <clears throat> when we give thanks to God for the things he does, for who he is, so when we give thanks to God, are we simply adopting the same principles of good manners and politeness to God? Or is there something far greater going on here when we give thanks to God? In this passage um, that was just read to us by Aurora, um, in Luke 17 here, 10 men were healed from one of the most dreadful diseases that human beings can suffer, both physically, emotionally and mentally. And in particular, back in the days when Jesus walked the earth, and most of us know this, that, that you know, to, to have leprosy or to be a leper, you were branded as unclean. And you had to actually say those words, from what I understand, if you're in the public, you had to say, unclean, unclean. Um, very humiliating, demeaning stuff. Um, not only with the disease, but it's all the social stigma and stuff that went with it. Um, so they were branded as unclean and they were considered outcasts from society. They were exiled from their, their communities, including their families. You know, it was a horrible disease. And it was a horrible existence to have that disease. So the question, why then did only one of these healed, cleansed lepers return to Jesus and thank him with all of his heart? Why was it only one? And it's important to notice that in this text, the Lord Jesus also noticed and he made a point of the fact that only one returned. So was Jesus offended that this guy wasn't showing gratitude and that he wasn't being polite? I think there was something more to it. Perhaps that'll un unpack itself for us here tonight, just briefly. Um, but he made a point of it in verse 17 by saying this, asking the question, were not all ten cleansed? Or where are the other nine? <clears throat> Has no one returned to give praise to God except this foreigner? <laughs> and then he said to him, Rise and go, your faith has made you well. And he was. When Jesus speaks words of authority and power, it happens. And it's awesome. So in the light of this passage, let me just share with you briefly, and I know I need to be brief, but I probably will go over time, but just here we go. But I want to be brief tonight to share three reasons why we need to be thankful to God. Now, you know, we've all heard and maybe some of you actually know what your, um, what your IQ is, yeah? What's your IQ, your intelligent quotient? Some of you, well, you've heard of that and some of you might know what it is. I'm not game to find out what mine is, but uh, there you go. So you've heard of the IQ, correct? Yep. But how many of you know what your GQ is? Um, GQ. Now it's not the old Holden. 
The GQ that I'm talking about is the gratitude quotient. How many of you know where your score is there? And it refers, of course, to our thankfulness to God for not only the things that he does in our lives, but for who God is. And we need to be able to thank God and worship him for who he is, regardless of what he does. Um, So how's your GQ going? Why then be thankful to God? Let me just firstly suggest, when you give thanks to God, I'm sorry, there's no, there's no PowerPoint tonight, so you're going to have to just really listen here. So when you give thanks to God, your attention and your focus is, is, is on God and not on self or circumstances. Do you get that? When you give thanks, this is one of the things. When you give thanks to God, you'll notice that your attention and your focus is on God, not on yourself and not on your circumstances. It stands to reason. When you stand and you say thank you to somebody, where is your focus? It's on them. It's not on yourself and it's not on your own interest, your own personal interest or your own circumstances. So anyone that says to you, and I don't want to rave on too much here, but when someone says to you, believe in yourself and go and find yourself and look within yourself, I want to tell you that's rubbish. It's the most depressing thing you can do. The Bible doesn't tell us to look within ourselves. It tells us to lift up our eyes and look at Jesus. Put your focus, put your attention on him and give thanks to him. That's what we need to do. And this is exactly what happened to these 10 leprous men, that their attention and their focus was completely captivated by the presence of the Lord Jesus Christ. What a place to be. Let your attention and your focus be captivated by Jesus. Let me read these verses. As he was going along to a village, this is Jesus, as he was going along to a village, 10 men who had leprosy met him. They stood at a distance because they had to right they were unclean so they stood at a distance and they called out in a loud voice don't care who hears them who you know who who noticed them they they focused on Jesus they called out in a loud voice Jesus master have pity on us so try to imagine the change in where their focus now was not their own physical deformities not their own social outcast status and their daily misery, but now, lifting up their eyes to Jesus, they were fixed on him, not other people, not themselves, not their circumstances, but they were captivated by the presence of Jesus. And I want you to notice how they addressed him. They called out to him, Master. Master, which means chief commander. Isn't that interesting? Master, which means chief commander. See, somehow, it seems that these 10 lepers knew that Jesus was in total control and in command of their conditions and of their circumstances. And that he had the power, the authority to make changes in their lives. They seem to have this kind of understanding or revelation And so Jesus honoured that. And he did, graciously, heal the whole lot of them. And yet, sadly, only one out of the ten gave him the thanks 
and the praise that Jesus is so worthy to receive. And you know, when you and I choose to express our thankfulness to God, it does, it transfers our focus and attention from self and circumstances to the living God who has the power and the passion to change human lives and even our circumstances to that which draws us to himself. Sometimes he doesn't take away the circumstances, but look, he does such a powerful thing. You focus on Jesus. He transfers, transforms you. He transfers your thinking and your sight and your attention. And he wants to draw us closer to himself through that. And that leads me to this second point. So secondly, when you give thanks to God, you will grow closer to the Lord. You know, I, want to, I also want to suggest here tonight that this one healed leper, that he continued to give thanks to God out of his newfound faith in the God of his salvation. Yeah, I'm going to suggest that this guy was saved. You see, not only did this Samaritan return to Jesus, and look what he was doing here in verses 15 and 16. It says he was praising God in a loud voice. Something had happened to this guy. Yeah, not just physically. Something else was going on deep in his heart here. He, he returned and, and he was praising God in a loud voice, the scripture says, and he threw himself at Jesus' feet and thanked him, says the word of God. Wow. But then... The text in verse 19 suggests from the words of Jesus that this guy was also drawn closer to God, closer to Christ and coming to know him personally. There was something else happening in this guy's life. In Luke 17 verse 19 we read these words. Then he said to him, then Jesus said to him, rise and go, your faith has made you well. Now, the literal translation of those words that Jesus said is this, rise and go, your faith has saved you. That is the literal translation. Your faith has saved you. These are the same words, the same kind of words that Jesus used when he spoke to the repentant woman who anointed his feet in that beautiful picture that we have in Luke chapter 7 and verse 50. Jesus uses these same words to this woman. Listen to what he said to her. He said, Jesus said to the woman, your faith has saved you. Go in peace. And she did. (laughs) Because Jesus spoke these words of authority. I like how Warren Rursby, Bible commentator, I enjoy his work. Um, And I like what he does here, how he describes this scene of the healed and and thankful leper. Listen to what Warren Wersby says about this particular scene. He says, the Samaritan's nine friends were declared clean by the priest. Remember, they had to go to the priest. That was part of the law and be declared clean before they come back into society. So Jesus told them to go to the priest. So that's just so you know that. So they were declared by the priest. But this one... This, this one who returned, he was declared saved by the Son of God. While it, is a, while it is wonderful to experience the miracle of physical healing, it is even more wonderful to experience the miracle of eternal salvation. It's what we were saying before, wasn't it? About baptism, symbolising and being thankful to God for the greatest gift 
of eternal life through him. Every, he goes on, every child of God should cultivate the grace of gratitude. It not only opens the heart to further blessings, but glorifies and pleases the Father. And you're going to have a lovely sense of well-being and peace in your heart when you know you're pleasing God. Just the opposite, when you know you're displeasing him, then Christians can be pretty miserable people. So you get right with God and start to walk in harmony with his will, not against his will. See, the psalmist understood this grace attitude towards God. He, he, had, he, had, a, he had a pretty good GQ, you know, to the Lord. Listen to what he says in this psalm. Magnificent psalm. Let me read a few verses. Psalm 116, verses 12 to 19. So that's Psalm 116, 12 to 19. Yep, you can read it tonight before you go to bed. What shall I return to the Lord for all his goodness to me? I will lift up the cup of salvation and call on the name of the Lord. I will fulfill my vows to the Lord in the presence of all his people. Precious in the sight of the Lord is the death of his faithful servants. Truly I am your servant, Lord. I serve you just as my mother did and have freed me from my chains. I will sacrifice a thank offering to you and call on the name of the Lord. I will fulfill my vows to the Lord in the presence of all his people. In the courts of the house of the Lord, in your midst, Jerusalem. Praise the Lord. Yeah. My dear friends, tonight, I want to suggest to you, and I want to tell you from personal experience, a great way to grow in your GQ, in your gratitude quotient to the Lord, is by reading and meditating on the Psalms. I think that's a lovely way to go. But not just the Psalms, on the whole of God's word, God's eternal word, by just taking a few moments each day, it will in turn grow you closer to the Lord as he inspires your worship and your thankfulness to God. You draw close to God and he will meet you and continue to do wonderful things in and through your life. Doesn't mean you won't be without pain in your life but you will draw closer to him and experience his love and grace even in a richer way. Draw close to him. Bible says draw near to him and he'll draw near to you. So why not make 2023 a definite step forward in your desire to grow closer to the Lord Jesus Christ and in your thankfulness to him and in your personal relationship with him? I mean, what a difference he'll make in your life each day as you meet with him. Have a think about that. If you're not doing that already, you need to meet with Jesus. Let him see your heart. You need to tell him what's in your heart. You need to have an intimacy with him. And he will keep you and grow you and sustain you and strengthen you and bless you. Let me keep going. Thirdly and finally, when you give thanks to God, you are being compliant and obedient to the will of God. Well, I don't believe that this one healed leper would have been conscious of this fact. You know, conscious that his, th that his thankfulness to God was in fact complying with the will of God. I don't know if he would have known that. But the Apostle Paul, however, teaches us this fact. When he says to us in 1 Thessalonians chapter 5 and verse 18, 1 Thessalonians 5.18, a verse that we probably all know well, um, 
hard to do, but it's there. Give thanks in all circumstances, for this is God's will for you in Christ Jesus. Give thanks in all circumstances, for this is God's will for you in Christ Jesus. I love the Amplified Version. Listen to this. Same verse, Amplified Bible. Thank God in everything, no matter what the circumstances may be. Be thankful and give thanks, for this is the will of God for you, who are in Christ Jesus, the revealer and the mediator of that will. Now, you will have noticed, as you live life on planet Earth, you would have noticed that it's generally easy to give thanks to the, to the Lord when life is just sailing for you, when it's easy breezy. Thank you, Lord. It's a great life. Things are so good at the moment. Easy to do that, yeah? But you may have also noticed, if you're living on the same planet that I am, that it's quite another story when you find yourself in a storm. You know, where it's hard... Where it's scary, where it's dark, where it's just hard going and it's tough. How do you give thanks to God in that situation? If you haven't been there, well, let me encourage you, you will be. Um, and if you have been there, well, let me encourage you more by saying uh, it'll happen again. There's more to come. But the good news is this, the good news is for the child of God is that Jesus has and is and will be there with you wherever and whatever you face in 2023. Do you get that? Do you know that? That's the good news. Wherever you are, whatever storm you're in, where were the disciples in the storm on Galilee? They were in a boat. Where was Jesus? In the same boat. Good place to be. Better to be with Jesus in the storm in the boat than to be in a storm without Jesus or to be in, without a storm without Jesus. Do you get that? Did I make sense then? The best place to be is with Jesus in the storm in the boat. Not to be easy breezy without Jesus. Be with him. Be with him in the storm. The best place to be. And that would be his will for you if you're in that situation. So let me say that again. For the child of God I'm talking about here tonight, Jesus has and he is and he will be with you wherever and whatever you face in 2023. How do we know this? Well, because his promises are clear unchanging and totally dependable and you need to know those promises and young people tonight and even older people here if you haven't got a bible with lot, with highlights through the promises of god then i don't know whether you're reading it like you should don't keep your bible all nice and pristine and clean let it get dirty put stuff in there so you know where to go, right, and, and, and know the promises of God, know to where, where to go back. These are some of my favourites, because I've been through a few storms, and I'm not the only one, many of you have been through maybe worse ones than I have, but listen to this, 
In those storms, Jesus says these things. Well, through the prophet Isaiah, God says this to us. This is Isaiah 41.10. A great verse again to underline to know. 41.10. Isaiah 41.10. I'm saying it because it's not up there. So do not fear, for I am with you. Do not be dismayed, for I am your God. I will strengthen you and help you. I will uphold you with my righteous right hand. You got that one? That's a powerful promise and it's for you and me today. Written hundreds and hundreds of thousands of years ago. Isaiah 41.10. Read verse 13 as well. Matthew 28.20. These are just a few. And we've read that before. Jesus at the end of his great commission command that he gave us as a church as the people of God he says and surely I am with you even until the end of the world now you need to read that and read it slowly and meditate on it he says I am with you even until the end of the age so if he says I am with you that means I am with you wherever you go whatever situation you're in I am with you all the time I don't leave you I'm there with you in the storms and in the good times. I am with you to the very end of the age. Know that. The writer of Hebrews, quoting from Deuteronomy 31 and verse 6 says, God has said, never will I leave you, never will I forsake you. These are verses you need to underline and highlight and know where to go because the evil one will want to accuse you. Those who have been baptised tonight, you might find some tough times ahead of you. These are the scriptures you need to hang on to. God has said, never will I leave you, never will I forsake you. So we say with confidence, the Lord is my helper. I will not be afraid. What can mere mortals do to me? Amen? Powerful words and you need to know them because it's part of your armour that you wear in a world that is hostile towards you, your faith, your church, everything to do with God. Wear the armour of God, stand bold and let your light shine and let these scriptures just beam out of you and know yourself where you can find these to build yourself up and grow in your most holy faith. That's what we need God's word to do, you know. And there's something also very important to remember about God's word in this scripture in 1 Thessalonians 5.18. Let me read that again. 1 Thessalonians 5, it says, Give thanks in all circumstances, for this is the will of God for you in Christ Jesus. I want you to notice in this, in this particular verse, he calls us to give thanks in, in all circumstances. Do you get that? He does not call us to give thanks for all the circumstances that we go through. A very important distinction. He calls us that we are to give thanks in those situations, not for those situations. Because let me, say, let me put it this way, we're not expected and nor should we give thanks for evil, for sinful or any other displeasing to God circumstances that we may find ourselves in. And it may be our own fault. And it may often might not be our own fault, but we're not expected to give thanks to God for circumstances, but in the midst of them, we do. Because God never changes. 
and that rotten stuff that's been going on all around us at the moment, those two police officers that were killed, you know, parents, mothers being killed, murdered by whatever, I'm not going to keep going on with that. But there's enough stuff that oppresses. Do we give thanks for those circumstances? No, you don't. But as a Christian, this is hard, but as a Christian, you lift up your eyes and say, Jesus, thank you that you're on the throne. I don't understand, but thank you for the gift of salvation. Thank you that you've saved me out of the life that I could have lived. Do you you get what I'm saying? It's in the situation you give thanks to God for who he is and for what he's doing. You don't give thanks for the circumstances. And we lay hold of God. We hold of the Lord. We're giving thanks to him for his faithful abiding presence as promised. We thank him. We don't understand the way he works at times. We don't know so many answers to questions, but we know him. We don't know what, but we know who. We don't know why, but we know who. And it's Jesus. Another promise that I love. No, I need to, oh, sorry, I'm going to keep going. Another promise I love. It's not easy to do, but I find it helpful as well. Philippians 4, 6 and 7. Check this one out. The Spirit of God enables us to do this. Paul says this. Do not be anxious about anything. Who's anxious tonight? Come on, put your hand up. Who's anxious? Yeah, thank you. You've got some honesty here. And the Lord says this, do not be anxious about anything, but in every situation, get that, did you, did you hear that again? In every situation, not for, in every situation by prayer and petition, with thanksgiving, thanksgiving, present your requests to God. And he's promised this, you do that, and God says, this is what I'm going to do. He says, I might not answer your prayer the way you want it, but I'll tell you what I will do. He says this, and the peace of God, which transcends all understanding, will guard your hearts and your minds in Christ Jesus. So in those situations where you're finding yourself anxiety building up, Paul says, don't be anxious about it, but pray about it. Give thanks to God in the midst of those those circumstances. And God has promised he'll give you his peace. And you might be surprised when there's storms raging around you, inside you, you're settled and you've got this beautiful peace. That's what he's promised to do. I've got to keep moving and I'm closing now. So as I do close this message tonight, and as we prepare for communion... I was going to read a story, but I don't think I will tonight. I don't think I've got the time. Have I got the time? Someone said no. Oh, gee. Well, I'm going to read it. It's a little one, just a little story, and it leads into communion, so get ready for communion tonight, okay? A soldier in the American Third Army was sent to rest camp after a period of active service. When he returned to his outfit, he wrote a letter to, the, to General George Patton. He was quite a, a, quite a famous general back in the World War II. <clears throat> general Patton, and he thanked him for the splendid care he had received. General Patton wrote back that for 35 years, he had sought to give all the comfort and convenience he could to his men. And he added that this was the first letter of thanks that he had received in all of his years in army. Wow, really? There are a few points in which... Human nature is more lacking than in, in, in the lack of gratitude. 
and this is the devotional part of this now, parents must constantly say to children who receive some gift, now what do you say? Just like I said before. And as we grow older, we become hardened to the good things of life and do not think of thanking God who is the giver of every good gift and every perfect gift. The best rule is the one given by Paul, in everything give thanks and especially thanks be unto God for his unspeakable gift thanks be this is 2 corinthians 9 17 thanks be to god for his indescribable gift in the amplified it says now thanks be to god for his gift precious beyond telling his indescribable inexpressible free gift and that free gift is jesus his name is jesus he is the unspeakable indescribable free gift who paid an unspeakable price for you and me when he gave his life on the cross to set us free from death and condemnation, to bring us into a vital and growing and living relationship with God forever. For this gift, my dear friends, are we not eternally grateful tonight? Meditate on Jesus. Stand in awe of who he is and what he's done. I want to read these verses that lead us into communion and then I want to just have a quick chat before we partake. When the hour came, I love this from Luke 22, verse 14 to 20. When the hour came, Jesus and his apostles reclined at the table and he said to them, listen to these words. Jesus is about to go through the most horrific experience of his life and he says this to them. He says, I have eagerly desired to eat this Passover with you before I suffer. For I tell you, I will not eat it again until it finds fulfillment in the kingdom of God. After taking the cup, he gave thanks and he said, take this and divide it among you. For I tell you, I will not drink it again from the fruit of the vine until the kingdom of God comes. And he took bread, gave thanks and broke it. And it gave it to them saying, this is my body given to you, given for you. Do this in remembrance of me. In the same way, after supper, he took the cup saying, this cup is the new covenant in my blood which is poured out for you can I just pray briefly and then I'm going to explain father thank you for your word thank you for your amazing promises and thank you tonight as we come and we want to focus on Jesus we want to put our attention on him tonight as we have been and we want to say thank you father for sending us your most indescribable gift in the person of your son the lord jesus christ the redeemer the savior of all mankind who put their faith in christ thank you for what you did thank you for paying that price when you shed your blood for us bless us tonight as we take this communion together and share together lord may you do a work in each of our hearts we pray in jesus wonderful name amen Okay, I am hurrying a little bit, so apologies for late night, but I want us to share this time together. What I want us to do tonight, to be a little bit different, I'm going to ask the three guys, girls, to come forward, and they're going to stand up the front here. And what I want you to do, in a, in a reflective, in a personal um, response, or in a personal recommitment, <clears throat> as you come forward, <clears throat> what I'd like you to be doing, in your heart, you're saying, God... I want to make a recommitment to become more thankful to you in 2023. I want to become, I want that GQ, Lord, to grow. I want to become more thankful. I want to be more alert 
to who you are and for what you're doing in my life. Help me to be more grateful, Lord. Because by doing that, Father, I'm going to grow closer to you. And that's a good place to be. So would you do that? That's a prayer that you can pray. You might have another prayer. But I want you to take that step forward as, as, a, as an indication night before God. No one else. It's, before, it's you and the Lord to come forward to take the bread, to take the cup, go back to your seats. And when we've all been seated again, I'd like us to drink and eat together in a sense of unity as we go into this whole new year together as a church. Amen to that? So please come forward. Um, if you don't normally do this, if you don't know Jesus tonight, then look, please don't be embarrassed, but just say where you are and let the elements pass you by, as it were. Just observe what happens here tonight. But I'm going to invite you all to come forward. If you love the Lord, you want to partake tonight, do that. Yeah, please feel free to, to tear that first bit off. Don't need it just yet. Let's wait till everyone's done that. It is a bit of skill. So tonight, let's remember Jesus. Let's be thankful to him. And let's pray he gives us an attitude of gratitude or the GQ, whatever it is. But may that be something that he does powerfully in our lives tonight. We have so much to be thankful to God for. Jesus said on that night that he was to be betrayed and before he went to the cross, he said, he took the bread and he broke it. And he said, this is my body given for you. Do this in remembrance of me. So let's do this together. It's a sign of our unity as a church as we go into a whole new year. Let's eat together in remembrance of Jesus. The scriptures also teach us that Jesus, on that same night, 
he took the cup and he said, this is the cup of the new covenant in my blood. Do this whenever you drink it in remembrance of me. So let's drink this together. Father, we thank you again for sending your son. We don't want to be glib by saying just thank you and letting it sort of roll off our tongue. We, we want to say thank you with all our hearts because we could ask the question, where would I be had Jesus not died for me? Where would we be? One thing's for sure, we'd still be in our sin and condemnation and rightfully so. You're just in all that you do, Lord. But we thank you for your amazing grace. We thank you for that amazing, indescribable gift that you gave through the Lord Jesus who came and rescued us from an absolutely impossible situation that we could never have rescued ourselves. And Jesus, you paid the ultimate price. You shed your blood for us. The blood of Jesus that cleanses us from all sin. This blood that cleanses us so much so it makes us even a new creation through you. Thank you, Lord. We bless you. We thank you for our time tonight. Thank you for those who have been baptised. Bless them richly. Keep them safe. Pray your covering, Lord. We pray the, pre the precious covering of the blood of Jesus over these three young people and their families. You keep them safe from the evil one. We pray you hedge them about. Watch over them, Father. We ask this in your precious name. Amen. Could I just ask us to do one more thing? It's a public holiday tomorrow, so look, we're going to be a bit late. That matters, it? And this is the first time I've been here. It'll probably be the last time I'll be here too. <laughs> but I want the three people who were baptised, would you please come up the front? Stand up here. Yep, come up. And then I'd love anyone, maybe not all of you, but you can if you want, but those who know these young people, love them, are going to hang in there with them and pray for them. I want you to come up and surround them tonight. Let's do that. Come out here a bit. Yeah, mums and dads for sure. <laughs> and friends, yeah, look. I don't care if the whole church comes up, but just come up if you really want to hang in there with these young people and... Love them and pray for them. Oh, and I... Where's Andy? Andy, I have remembered. You guys all get a certificate. That's awesome, isn't it? Isabel, where are you? There she is. That's for you, sweetheart. Asher, for you, mate. Timothy. Tim. Awesome. Hey, stand up, folks. Let's stand up and put, gather around them and sort of put your hands on them and, you know, do that. Yeah. Particularly family and relatives that are here tonight. It's a very special occasion. And, um, yeah. All right, let me just pray. Yeah, Father God, thank you so much for these three, three, three young people, Lord. Thank you for your hand on Timothy. Bless him, Lord. You've got a good name. And uh, I thank you for him, his parents, 
and pray rich blessing over this young man that he will go from strength to strength and the things of God in his life. Bless him, Lord. Walk with him. Walk ahead of him that Timothy follows you. He's followed you through the waters of baptism tonight and he's following you, Lord, forever you lead him. And I pray the same for, for Asher, that you'll bless this guy, Lord, and just minister to him and meet him sustain him thank you for the things that you've been revealing to him already and yeah just pray again from strength to strength he will grow in his love and in his service for Jesus thank you for mum and dads that hang in there not just that but teach and and talk about the things of God in daily daily conversations Lord thank you that you are the center of this home and Lord too for Isabel bless her Lord great things you have in store for her too so bless this girl, Lord, and this whole family, the whole church family. Thank you for wonderful friends and relatives that are here tonight. And their being up here is a powerful testament to the fact that they're going to pray and walk beside these young people. And, oh, Lord, we need that in our lives. We need people that will look out for us, pray for us, be there for us, speak words into our lives from yourself. Yeah, we need that, Lord. And I thank you that you're doing that with these three young people tonight. Bless you. Thank you for the beautiful time we've had. Worship, celebration. Lord, may we leave with a song in our heart and a real spring in our step as we head off into a brand new year. We're thankful to you, Father, that you're the shepherd who goes ahead of his sheep, calling us to follow you. And we know your voice, so we'll follow you, Lord. We thank you for that. And give us the opportunities to share with others who don't have this same hope, who may be facing this, this whole new year with fear and trepidation because I don't know you. So please, Lord, use us. Let our light shine so powerfully where we are, what we do. For the glory of God, we thank you for our time together here tonight. And all God's people said, Amen. 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 Thank you, everybody. Thank you, folks. Thank <laughs> you.